capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. I hope you were with us in the 4 o'clock hour and you're carrying over with us now to 5.02 on the huddle on a Wednesday afternoon. Sun setting quickly, darkness descending upon us. But I do want to carry over from some of our conversation from the 4 o'clock hour. And you just heard on SportsCenter and you heard from Heather Dennett, who does such a great job of covering college football for ESPN. And she's been a guest on this radio station before Matt's had her on several times. I think I've had her on once or twice as well and she made the point on the Michigan sign stealing scandal and coach Huseman pretty much said the same thing when we had him on at 4:30 this afternoon that eventually the head coach is going to be accountable for this whether he knew about it or not it's not going to matter if they find them guilty it eventually stops at the head coach's desk. And I think that's fair, actually. I, I, I say this all the time. Head coach can't be responsible 24-7 for what everybody in his program is doing, but he is accountable for it. And maybe that doesn't sound fair, but that's kind of part of the risk you take in taking that head coaching office and all the money that goes along with it. You are accountable for everybody in your program 24-7. You can't be awake 24-7 and be responsible for every action that they partake, but you are eventually accountable for it. And it's really a shame because Michigan didn't need to do that stuff. They're good enough to win this whole thing. Even last year they were good enough to, to not have to – be doing that that sort of thing whether it was last year or this year or both um kind of kind of ridiculous um so anyway and i think coach Usman, you know pretty much put to bed what i was talking about in the four o'clock hour there's a difference between sign stealing and cheating and the rules are pretty well laid out what you can no longer do to try and get an advantage over your opponent and what you can still do to try and get an advantage over your opponents pretty common sense stuff and as Coach Usman said, when it was first implemented, it was twofold. It was a budget saver. It was a cost-cutting measure. And better technology was coming into play where you didn't have to be sending people all over the place to scout opponents. So it, it's pretty cut and dry from that standpoint. And I'm more fascinated by what this is going to do and how it might fracture the Big Ten and, you know, the club that is the head coaches of the Big Ten. Maybe it won't matter at all, and they'll just continue to try and beat their brains out on the field. I don't know what it might mean off the field as far as the unity of the Big Ten, and there could be a ruling really any minute. It could be imminent as to what either the Big Ten is going to do and then eventually what the NCAA is going to do. All right, enough of that, enough of the legalese today. At some point, we should get um, Heather Dinich back on with us. Maybe Matt is already working working on that, and uh, and he'll be able to get her on. But uh, she's been very accommodating with us to come on the air and, and talk college football with us, and very busy at the moment, obviously. And the other guy that, that I will probably try to reach out to is Dan Lust who has been our sports lawyer. We've had him on the air several times. He does a lot of that. This is right up his alley, isn't it? So maybe we'll try and get him on the air as well. Hey, the other thing that Coach Huseman talked about, and, and i got to give him a lot of credit for this, you know, he mentioned Josiah Williams. And for those of you who don't know, Josiah is a redshirt junior wide receiver, local guy out of Petersburg, went to Thomas Dale, and literally the day before the spring game in April, last practice before the spring game, non-contact drill, and he tears his ACL. 
and he was supposed to be out the entire season. And as his rehab, the surgery was very successful. He worked really hard on the rehab and has been a great teammate. See him all the time on the sidelines at practice and games, uh, being kind of a student athlete coach and a cheerleader and all of that for, for his guy. So he's being rewarded for that by being available to play the last two weeks of the season. A couple of things on that, and Coach Usman brought this up. First of all, I give him all the credit in the world for making that public. And he talked about it, I think, last week at the coaches' show. He said, yeah, there's a pretty good chance Josiah's going to play the last two weeks. We get through the bye week, and we'll, we'll take a look. And I watched him at practice today, and he looked great. He didn't even have a brace on the knee, nothing. And he was running pass patterns and catching balls, and, and he really did look good. So I give Coach Usman a lot of credit. Um for mentioning that, for making that public. How many coaches out there do you think would play, you know, the cloak of secrecy here and not mention it to anybody, and then all of a sudden Josiah Williams shows up in the game on Saturday? Now, Coach Usman allows his practices to be open, and those of us that were there today for his media session, to include John O'Connor from the Times-Dispatch and Lane Castanate from Channel 6 and, and myself, uh, we saw what was happening on the field. So it was a natural question to ask, and Russ isn't going to hide anything. But if you're one of those coaches that has closed practices, you would never know that Josiah Williams was available to play this week, and all of a sudden you just get him out on the field there, and opposing coaches and assistant coaches would all of a sudden have to pay attention to that. So I give Coach Usman a lot of credit for being upfront about who's playing and who's not. Now, at the quarterback position, a little bit different. Um, and we did watch Cam Coleman go through a lot of what they did today. Uh, he has a brace on the knee. It was a non-contact practice, made it a lot easier for him. I don't know that he's going to be able to play Saturday night. He looked fine doing what he was doing today, but no shoulder pads, no contact. Um, we'll, we'll see on that one for, for Saturday, but at least he was out there running around. And the other thought on Richmond and the wide receivers, and Coach Huseman mentioned this, is that they've been healthy pretty much all year, knock on wood anyway. But I love the idea that there are three you know, guys from the local area who are major contributors for Richmond at that wide receiver position. They've done a tremendous job of recruiting locally, not only a wide receiver, but throughout the roster. But you think about that, Josiah Williams from Thomas Dale in Petersburg, Kwanye Vini um, from Highland Springs, uh, who was on our podcast this week, by the way, if you want to check that out at richmondspiders.com and look for the podcast with Kwanye Vini. Very enlightening conversation with that young man. And then Landon Ellis, the true freshman who I would consider local as well from Orange uh, by way of Woodbury Forest. And he's played in every game this year. So that's three local wide receivers. i got to come up with some kind of name for those three guys because they could be getting a lot of balls thrown their ways for several years to come now because they're all, all young guys and have more time available to them with with the richmond spiders so uh at the very least their families should all be at the game on saturday and we'll sell a few more tickets right so uh good stuff there uh so yeah so josiah williams coming back and who knows how much he'll play for the spiders on saturday but uh it's pretty amazing that he came back from the knee injury in like five months maybe five and a half months and and he's back out there and will play on saturday all right that gets us going 
on um, Wednesday afternoon, again, it carried over a couple of things from the 4 o'clock hour. That was one of them with Coach Usman, and then the ESPN Sports Center report on the Michigan situation. Kind of keeping our eye on that to see if maybe something's coming down at some point today from the Big Ten as to where they might be headed with any kind of sanctions or any kind of penalties. And as Heather Dinich pointed out, if they do come, it's likely to involve some type of suspension of Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. I don't know what that means anymore, by the way, when a head coach gets suspended. Like, can he still practice with his team during the week and run practice? Can he do everything through, like, their walkthrough? Does he just not need to be in the stadium on Saturday? We had this issue with Will Wade this week at the Siegel Center, and I don't really know what the end result was. But the, the stuff I kind of heard, and maybe some VCU fans would know better than I do, he was able to still practice with his team, run practice, be in the Siegel Center for shoot-around during the day. And I, I think he may have even been allowed in the building, you know, to, to watch the game. I don't know. Uh, he couldn't be in the locker room or on the court or anything like that. So I, I don't I don't really know, you know, how severe that penalty was. And, of course, it didn't seem to bother his guys because they wound up winning the game uh, anyway. So we'll, we'll see how that all comes down the road here a bit. All right, let's get it rolling here because we've got some stuff to get to in the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle. Let's tell you all about it. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, call James River Air for a free in-home consultation. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. Looking forward to having a conversation with one of our great partners, Richmond Region Tourism. You know we partner with them all year round. A lot of events. We get to get out in the community and go to those events wherever they may happen to be, talk with some really neat folks. Uh, they've got a really neat program going that helps bring all of these events to the capital city. We're going to talk about that and much more. Morgan Stanley from Richmond Region Tourism. She's going to join us coming up here right after the break at 515. Get a little bit of an update on all that's happening with Richmond Region Tourism. Plenty of stuff going on in our community. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And then wide open from 530 to 6 o'clock to finish things up tonight. I do want to get into a little college basketball talk, which I will do at the bottom of the hour and primarily focus on the Atlantic 10 because it has been a great opening night, opening couple of nights for the Atlantic 10. Now, one game isn't going to make at your at-large berths. I get that. But at least just about everybody took care of business in their first game in the Atlantic 10. It's going to get a lot harder for all of them as we move along. But, you know, you play the team on your schedule, and for the most part, so far so good in the Atlantic 10. We'll talk about that and much more coming up in the uh, 5.30 portion of the program. Let's get the break in here. We will talk some Richmond Region Tourism. Morgan Stanley joins us next on the Sports Huddle. Next up for the Spiders, Saturday night against Siena, 8 o'clock at the Robin Center. Yeah, it's a little bit later than our normal start times because it's a doubleheader day. We got Spider football at Robin Stadium at 2 o'clock and then basketball against Siena at 8 o'clock Saturday night. I've got a couple of tickets to give away for that game. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to talk some college basketball right after 5.30 anyway, so that will fit in nicely. We'll be giving away a couple of tickets to the Richmond-Siena game Saturday night, 8 o'clock in the Robbins Center, sometime after 5.30 and before 6 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. 
Uh, tune in now as we talk with one of our great partners from Richmond Region Tourism. We love partnering with them, love getting out in the community, a lot of their different sports events uh, throughout the course of the year, and we're going to get an update on all of that in this segment of the Sports Huddle. Morgan Stanley joins us. She is the Sports and Events Specialist for Richmond Region Tourism, and she joins us here this afternoon. Morgan, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us here this afternoon. I uh, want to dive into all that Richmond Region Tourism is doing right now, but I want to start, uh, Morgan, specifically with this sports grant program, which I really haven't heard very much about. I'm going to guess it's probably a new program, but I'm going to kind of give you the floor here, kind of give you the time. What's this sports grant program all about? Yeah, of course. Uh, it is still in its infancy, so you were right about it being new. Um, we are going into our third year. Uh, we've accepted two years of sports grants and over, um, I'm pulling up the number right now, over 31 grants awarded. So wow. uh, the sports grant program, uh, we aim to increase the number of visitors from outside of the Richmond region, whether they're in the form of teams, participants, spectators, or family members. Um, and then recipients of the grants can use the funding on marketing their event or enhancing the visitor experience. Hmm. The whole goal is to bring outside people in, um, but also cultivating our local um, sporting community. And then how do you guys kind of help with all of that? Like, I know there's a lot you got to go through to, to get, you know, to be eligible for the funding and what you can do with it. And so how, how, how does Richmond region kind of assist in that process? Yeah, right now we're accepting applications um, up until November 10th. So we still have a few days left mm -hmm. to turn in an application. You have to be a local sports organizer to turn in an application um, but other than that, there's not many more requirements. So mm -hmm. I am still taking applications, and after that, we'll start the review process. And then on February 3rd, 2024, the sports grant recipients will be announced at the annual RVA Sports Awards. And all of this, Morgan, is really, as you kind of alluded to or, or flat out said, just try and increase, you know, the number of visitors that we eventually get into the Richmond region because we, we say this all the time, the, the sports tourism industry is huge and continues to be a booming industry in Central Virginia, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, we are the number one tourism draw sports is, so we are just trying to – like I said, cultivate that local sports community because it just, we have such a big sporting community here with uh, colleges and little leagues and everything. Now, folks, we'll have to do it, as you said, relatively quickly, November 10th being the deadline, but you could cram it in pretty much tonight, tomorrow, and get it in before the deadline. Um, if this entices somebody that's listening to our conversation, can they get a hold of you if they have, you know, last-minute questions, that kind of thing? Absolutely. You can email me at mstanley at visitrichmondva.com. All right, and we will uh, repeat that a couple of times here before we finish up uh, this afternoon. mstanley at visitrichmondva.com if you need um, some more information. All right, uh, what, what do you got going on right now, Morgan? I mean, like I said, you, you guys are year-round with sporting events. We're out at a lot of them. I know we're getting close to the holiday season, but I imagine there's still some stuff going on for you guys, huh? You are definitely right about that. I just got back from visiting about – 
18 hotels in the region uh, to drop off some welcome signage for the Richmond Marathon this weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're participating in the marathon and you're staying at a local hotel, um, be on the lookout for that signage. And then we are lucky to have our Shooting Star Field Hockey Tournament at Chesterfield County Field um, coming up over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, this is a huge event. You'll see so many field hockey players that weekend. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then next year, we're super excited to be hosting the National Wheelchair Basketball Association in April over two weekends. It's a huge, huge event. And uh, I just want to shout out Sportable for helping us secure that bid on that event. And where will that one be held? It'll be held at the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. That's what I was hoping you would say, uh, because we're all so excited about that. was up there a couple of weeks ago and saw it. And that facility, Morgan, that's going to open up so many opportunities for people to come to our area, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's a beautiful facility. Um, I believe the ribbon cutting for it is coming up in December. Yeah, we are looking forward to that. I know the the A ten women's basketball tournament is coming. I think they may have had kind of a a soft opening last week, maybe with a, a junior college um, basketball tournament. So so they're they're starting to open those doors, and that'll be really exciting for you guys and for us and for everybody in our area. So I know we're all looking forward to that. And the marathon that you mentioned coming up on Saturday, got to be excited about that, right? I mean that that draws you know literally hundreds thousands of people to to that event. I would think, and the weather's going to be little bit cooler but probably the runners are happy about that huh definitely i mean we know richmond tends to have warm falls but i'm i'm especially excited because i won't be the one running but i am excited (laughs) that everybody else will be but you'll be there cheering them on in spirit if not body or both uh on saturday as a lot of other people will as well i think there's a little rain in the area maybe friday but i think cooler temperatures and the runners will be really happy about that so again you got that and then you mentioned thanksgiving weekend november 24th to 26th the shooting star field hockey tournament and that one is river city sportsplex is that right river city sportsplex and some other fields in chesterfield county Awesome. Great. Hey, recap for us one more time about the sports grant program before we let you go. And once again, the basics that people would need to know if they want to try and get an application in before the November 10th deadline. Sure. Um, Local sporting event organizers, email me about if you're interested in getting a grant. And even if it's after the November 10th deadline, we can still put you on the list for next year, and we can, we'd can still love to work with you regardless. Uh, so even if you're not getting a grant, you can still email me. Um, yeah, just come apply. We're, we want to help you. You'll get free event help from me after receiving a grant. So we're excited about it. Boy, and that's a great point to finish up with there, Morgan. If you don't do it by November 10th for this year, get it in there and get it going and plan ahead uh, for next year because there will be plenty of events coming coming our way. So that's, that's a great point. Again, M. Stanley at visitrichmondva.com. Morgan, thanks so much for your time this afternoon and look forward to catching up with you at one of these events in person before too long. Yes, yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, Morgan. Thanks. 
Uh, Morgan Stanley, Richmond Region Tourism Sports and Events Specialist. What a great idea, that grant program that would really help spearhead a lot of these organizations to get on the map and get on the schedule and be able to, to market their event better, to bring more visitors um, to our area. Again, we love, absolutely love partnering with them. And i be honest with you, and I'm not a runner, so I guess it really wasn't in my forethought here. And I got something else, a couple other things going Saturday anyway. But, yeah, the uh, Richmond Marathon coming up this Saturday, basically in the morning, and should be pretty cool temperatures, but I think it should think it should be okay for them. And then they got that Thanksgiving weekend uh, field hockey tournament, as uh, Morgan said, basically at the River City Sportsplex, which is a tremendous facility out there in Chesterfield County as well. And I think uh, she's relatively new, but I think I caught up with her when we were out at um, RF&P Park at the Babe Ruth Tournament in Glen Allen during during the summer and did the show live from out there. And I'm a baseball guy, so that was one of my uh, favorite events to do out there as well. All right, so that catches you up on uh, what's happening these days with Richmond Region Tourism, and they will continue to be a great media partner with us here at 1061 ESPN. All right, I'll tell you what. I am going to talk some college basketball in the next segment just a little bit. There's not a whole lot going on, and uh, I'll be honest with you, it's basically a terrible schedule tonight. There's just, you know, Wednesdays normally is a hot ticket night in college basketball, but apparently not at the start of the season because if you're looking for some uh, compelling college basketball, uh, it's not happening tonight. There were a few games last night. The only ones that would have a little bit of interest to me would be Loyola Chicago, which will be the last Atlantic 10 team to open. Uh, Florida Atlantic is the opponent for Loyola. That is pretty good, and they're playing that one in Chicago um, at Wintrust Arena there in Chicago. So see if Loyola can get off to a good start tonight. That upset, if they could get it, might not be as big as JMU over Michigan State, but it would be up there if they could knock off Florida Atlantic, one of the the Cinderella darlings from last year's March Madness, from last year's NCAA tournament. And the other one I will keep just a little bit of an eye on because of my allegiance being an alum. Syracuse looks to go to 2-0 tonight under new head coach Red Autry. They host Canisius in an upstate New York battle at the Dome. Uh, I'm looking at the ESPN schedule right now, and I I just refuse to do it yet. It's the JMA Wireless Dome, technically, but I watched it being built when I was a student at Syracuse. It'll always be the Carrier Dome to me, and if not the Carrier Dome, just the Dome at Syracuse. All right, tell you what, going to give away a couple tickets as we will continue to talk some college basketball. Got Richmond and Siena. On Saturday night, 8 o'clock at the Robbins Center. Let's just, since it's game number two of the season, uh, we won't make Lewis work too hard because I've really tested him today, rambling on in a couple of segments. Caller number two. 804-327-0888. You'll get two tickets to the Richmond Siena game Saturday, 8 o'clock. Very exciting start for the Spiders on Monday night. Come out and get a look for yourself. 804-327-0888. Second caller gets the two tickets. Spiders, Siena, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Robin Center. Talk some more college basketball after the break. 1061 ESPN. Just head to our website and to our This Week on 1061 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 ESPN. get to some phone calls here just past 5 30 on a wednesday afternoon bob black back with you sports huddle 1061 espn the familiar voice of our good friend reggie gets us going hello reg hall of famer you are and also the illustrious 
Syracuse Radio alum, Bob Titletown Black. Great interview with the head football coach, the University of Richmond. And, Bob, I have a serious question for you. You ready for it? I'm ready. Be honest, Bob. When the season started, you thought you had two more wins than what's on the uh, win column versus loss column, being one Morgan State and Hampton. Can we at least agree on that? 100%, yes. Second of all, that was a great interview with the coach at Richmond. But, but, just like a certain coach down at Clemson, he has to embrace the portal because a lot of these football coaches go from one end to another and nothing is said. Just like Coach Prime said, I'm coming in with my luggage and it's Louis. That means some of y'all are not going to be here. So why should the kids sit up here and be criticized for moving to three, four, even five schools? As long as he's not breaking any rules, like a certain coach in Michigan, but I digress. As long as they're not breaking any rules, that <laughs> is slide that in there. Why not the kids stand there and do what's best for them? Bob, you've been around these athletes. They want to play. They want to ride no pine. Come on, Bob, help me out. Well, a couple of things. I don't think Coach Usman was criticizing the kid as much as he was criticizing the rule and the way the rule is being interpreted and implemented. Um, I agree with him. I don't think a kid should be at four different schools in his college career. At some point, I would like him to suck it up, and if it's not going well and they hit a speed bump, stick it out for a little while and see if you can make it work. And if it doesn't, okay, you can move on, and we have – we have mechanisms in place to move on, right, Reggie? The first time you trans, the first time you transfer, you can play right away. The next time you transfer, we want you sitting out a year so that you're at that next school that is paying you a scholarship and paying you NIL that you're going to be there for a couple of years. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm not. I'm an old school guy, Reggie. Four schools in five years for a college kid. I'm not in favor of that. Okay, here's my rebuttal to that. How about even, and the young ladies uh, really had their ears pricked up. You have schools where a new coach comes in, bring their own people in, and say, hey, I'm sorry. I don't like the way your style, I don't like the way you're playing. And the poor uh, young person, all uh, person, young lady, all young man, gets hit with the bill that the family has to suck up and pay. But they have to go somewhere and be a Division One, Division Two, and right off back of Virginia, you know, Virginia State. All I'm saying, Bob, is that these coaches can go wherever they want to go and there's no penalty. But the players, they have to juggle not only being in a different city, different town, and some being homesick, but they have to look out for their interests. Would you not agree? I do. I do think if there's a coaching change, there should be a window of opportunity to, and there may be, I I need to brush up on that, to transfer immediately, Mm -hmm. whether it's your second transfer or not, and be able to play immediately i do agree with that on a coach on a head coaching change yes okay now follow up don Stelly made an excellent point and I, god bless the young ladies See, you know i've always been pro ladies when it comes to sports it would be a basketball lacrosse field hockey whatever for the young ladies be playing in, in london i said god bless them i'm still looking at that behind the back pass the young lady did as well as a young lady from usc a freshman that was balling out against ohio state but, again, Bob, here's my question. When it comes to the young ladies, I agree with Don Stelly. ESPN has shortchanged them. Matter of fact, LSU and, um, and and the beat they took against Colorado a couple of days ago, they were on TNT. 
I don't remember the last time that ladies basketball been on TNT. What's your thoughts with them moving to different networks so they can get more money rather than stick with ESPN, the flagship well, that's a, of your state? So that's a that's a good thing, right, Reggie? That that, that Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, no, I think that's and I, I think you'll see some women's games on CBS as well. I think that's happening, and mm-hmm. certainly on CBS Sports Network and on ESPN. I think ESPN's done a heck of a job, actually, with women's college basketball. Not only women's college basketball, but the WNBA. I, I can't tell you the mm-hmm. number of sports centers that I've seen that have led with WNBA games as well. So I think, actually, I'm going to defend, you know me, I defend the media most of the time. I'm going to do that again here. And for the women's game to be on TNT and also ESPN, ESPN, those are two viable outlets that virtually everybody in the country gets now, whether it's on cable or streaming or, you know, however they mm-hmm. get their their program. So I think that's that's a great thing. And I think that's only going to expand even further. Well, see, that will help with the, with the money that these schools need. I guess, to be honest, okay, ODU, when they started the football program, they had one or two boosters that put the money in. And look at the great work that ODU is doing now. Mm-hmm. Even um, James Mattis, you want to have other revenue to come in there, hit these networks because the Power Fives, they the milk and water. Was it a bean or something that um, the Big Ten got? And God knows what the ACC is trying to get to keep their their ship afloat. And I I just said in closing, real quick, Fairville State, the six-time CIAA Southern champs, (laughs) the finish CIAA champs, are a seven-point favor over Union. All right, go Union. Go Union, Reggie. I know you don't like to hear that as a rival, but I'm rooting for the local guys. I'm rooting for the local guys there. All right, Reg, thanks. Got to roll. Thank you. Great stuff today. Uh, We'll talk more about that. And the expansion of network opportunity for women's basketball is absolutely a very good thing. All right, uh, let me go back to the phones. I'm hoping Michael was patient enough and held on through that. Uh, He's dialed us up, 3270-888. Michael, you there? Yes, sir. Excellent. Thank you for waiting. Oh, no problem. But, uh, Bob, I, I think I'm probably going to be the 100th person to bring it up this week, but VCU basketball. I mean, yes. it's just looking like a nightmare. I know we got a new a new coach and new players, but this this one, you know, I know we had some slip-ups in the past to some teams, but this one just feels different. It feels like the whole identity of the, the VCU culture with, you know, going more offensive style than it's always been defensive style. Um, you know, just the strength of our schedule. Just something seems different, and I I think, you know, BCU fans are starting to worry a little bit here. I think you got to be a lot, and I mean a lot, more patient than that, Michael. That's that's one game. Uh, it was not good. I didn't see it, obviously, but and it was not pretty. And I pointed this out the other day. The things that would concern me out of game one, if they're supposed to be this great offensive team, how can you shoot 42% from the floor and 31% from three-point range? I know they were missing one standout player who's injured and he's coming back and only forcing five turnovers – is going to be a whole new feel for you VCU fans after the way they play defense, you know, under Shaka Smart and Mike Rhodes and and those guys. So, but be patient, Michael. That that's one game. Well, that's it wasn't thing. good. It wasn't pretty. And I'm with you also on the schedule. I don't think they did a very good job with the schedule. They needed to find a road game or two quality, true road game, and didn't do it. Um, so I do agree with you on that. But I, I do think you got to be patient with it. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but uh, it's just I know that 
everybody's saying this is supposed to be a new look offensive team or we're supposed to be offensive, but you know, if you look at the prior coaches, Wade, Shaka, Rose, the whole nine, you know, the template that they followed and the the havoc and the defense and you know, that has seemed to work, you know, not necessarily, you know, in the NCAA tournament at times when the offenses haven't been great, but you know, that template has seemed to work and, and worked well for the program and the coaches and it's just seems that you know, I can you really look at this team and say this is a much better offensive team than we've than we've had in priors? I don't think so. And you know, just looking at the schedule, the way Radford played against North Carolina tonight, Radford might run them out the building. <laughs> I think they'll be competitive, but I don't think they're going to run them out the building. And I was just thinking as you were talking about that, and I don't know if you're trying to be critical of the players or critical of Coach Odom, um, but I do think. You got This was a decision that Ed McLaughlin made to hire Ryan Odom, right? To your point, they've stayed in that VCU style of coaching with Shaka and Wade and Rhodes, and he elected to go in a different direction at this point in time. There are former VCU assistant coaches out there who he could have brought in that would have kept playing the same style. He elected to go with a rising up-and-coming coach, but a coach who's entirely changing the philosophy of VCU basketball, and there's going to be some growing pains with that. But don't yeah, you agree I mean, that that's where the, that's where this started? This started with the decision to bring in Ryan Odom, a heck of a coach, but an entirely different philosophy than what you're used to. It does, and it, you know you can, like you just mentioned, you know you look back at the prior coaches; they were all you know some sort of an assistant or assistant coach under the previous coach. But you know nothing personal against Ryan Odom. You know I have nothing against. And personally, but it just seems that you know that hire was just kind of a quick hire. There, the roads had just left. It felt like VCU needed to make a move at the time. That you know there wasn't much else on them just available, and it just seemed like that was kind of a quick hire from somebody from Utah State who had you know a successful few seasons there. But you know, and I know you're a Richmond guy, but you know, it seems like VCU's kind of owned the city of Richmond in terms of you know basketball for the last. X amount of years. I mean, you know, Richmond and VCU is always a great rivalry game, but in terms of, um, you know, tournaments and and head to head, it seems like VCU has owned that category, and taken over Richmond, and I think, you know, us VCU fans have gotten kind of spoiled to it, and you know, won't really remember what it was like before all the tournaments and winnings. But you know, definitely the with the template changes, he's going to have to prove it before. Um, you know, before I think there's going to be a lot of upset fans and things of that nature. Well, I, I, like I keep saying, I'll sound like a broken record. You know, be patient with this thing. There are some leftovers from, you know, Mike Rhodes' time there on that roster. You know, like Zeb Jackson, who was a transfer, is in his second year anyway. Christian Furman is still there. Uh, Fats Billups is getting going. Uh, Toby Lawlow. And so they all played in a different style so they're they're round pegs going into a square hole and eventually you know they'll become square pegs into a square hole and it will fit but it is going to take some time and like i said this was a decision that was made to change the the way vcu basketball plays and we'll see how it plays out mike i gotta run uh let's keep talking about this keep coming back at me uh and we'll talk more about it but thanks for the call uh at a quarter thanks for, to, thanks for yep, me no absolutely 
Yep, we'll keep talking about it for sure. Um, and he's not wrong. You know, VCU has won more in the rivalry than Richmond, and VCU has been to more postseason NCAA tournaments in this recent history than Richmond. But let's not give up on the Spiders either, and I will throw this out at you because I am a Richmond guy, and you can twist any argument by using any factoid that you want to. But the last team, not only in the city of Richmond, but in the Atlantic 10 Conference in its entirety to win an NCAA tournament game was the Richmond Spiders. It was not the VCU Rams. It was not the Dayton Flyers. It was the Richmond Spiders two years ago. Now, maybe that's an indictment a little bit on the Atlantic 10, and they need to get more teams into the tournament and start winning some games. But, hey, facts are facts. Richmond's win over Iowa two years ago is the last NCAA tournament win for any Atlantic 10 team or either of the two Division One teams in the city of Richmond. I get the last word because I'm hosting the show. Back with the final segment of the Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. Big Al doesn't care how the duck is prepped. I don't care if he eats raw duck. Or what anyone thinks. I don't care about what he thinks. But he does care about what you do from 8 to 10 weekday mornings. So spend that time with him on 1061 ESP. Coming down the home stretch on a Wednesday afternoon, the midweek edition of the Sports Huddle. We're getting closer to the weekend. Second by second. Let me get at least one more phone call in here before we wrap it up on a Wednesday afternoon. Our good friend Jerry Linquist joins us. I haven't heard from Jerry in a while. I was just talking about you the other day. Your ears must have been burning. Uh, How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I tried to get two tickets and I didn't get called in in town. I was really upset about that. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Jerry, listen, you got an inside track, man. You need tickets. You know who to get a hold of. We'll you get you see. taken uh, care of, Jerry. We'll get you listen, taken care of. Have you seen? Did you see? Have you seen VCU play at all? No, I have not. I got to tell you, I got to tell you. I watched. I taped your game, or I watched your game and taped them, or I watched both games uh, when you played the other night. I don't see any difference. All I do is just shoot three pointers. I mean, what's it is jacked it up so dang on much, and I really think. This has become the NBA influence, and all the NBA does is just load up and shoot those threes, and that's all VCU did. They didn't. It was really kind of a strange basket. Because I know Ryan Odom is a heck of a coach. I know if he's half as good as his father Dave, they'll be great. <laughs> and I, yep. mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it was terrible. They just kept launching these threes. What the heck was that? Yeah, 36 threes. Now they fell behind um, by as many yeah. as 20. So I guess they, you know, there's no 20 point play in basketball, but three gets you closer in hurry. But 11 of 36, that, that is too many. I would think even for Ryan Odom, Jerry, that, that's too many threes to be shooting in a game. But it, but it looked, it didn't look that much different to me. You know, I don't see, I haven't seen very much basketball in my life, but I didn't see much difference in the style of play. They just launched a bunch of threes. Also, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute Jerry. What do you, what, Jerry, what do you mean you didn't see much difference in a style of play? Difference from what? Well, I thought you said he's put in a different style of play from what Shaq and Smart and Rose did. What was the difference? What's the difference? Well, I'm guessing they didn't press very much the other night. Maybe they did when they fell behind. And their offense would certainly look different than than any offense that Rhodes or Wade or, you know, Shaka ran. How did it look different? How? How? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Jerry. I'm uh, for a couple of reasons. I'm going to go back and watch some of the VCU game tonight. I have not seen it, but there's not much college basketball on tonight, so I'm going to put the VCU. And my good friend Sean Robertson was on the call of the game, so I want to see yeah. how he did. So I'll watch some of VCU tonight, and I'll get back with you on that one. All right. 
Okay. So I'll tell you one thing. I know I know I know Rich and Peter are just laughing like the Dickens though because Rich did so well the other night and everybody's kinda of saying they weren't gonna be very good. That kid King was unbelievable. He was. It was great to watch it was really fun to watch them play like they did. Yeah, I'm excited about it. They have much more cohesion and chemistry one game in than I think we thought they would, but it is one game. And uh, they'll they'll continue to get better, but there'll be some speed bumps along the way for them too. Um, but, yes, I think after one game, the Richmond people were very happy with what they saw. All right, let take me, care. Talk let to me you. know if you need tickets for Saturday. We'll get you taken care of, Jerry. All right, <laughs> my friend. Kidding, yeah. See ya. Thanks. Uh, and let me just finish this one other point, and we'll get into more of this. I love this kind of conversation for sure. Great stuff today, by the way, audience and callers and, and guests and all of that. And uh, Lewis keeping it all straight for sure. Jer- a different Jerry was our ticket winner for two tickets to the Spiders and Santa. I'm sure it was a different Jerry because um, Lewis gave me his last name. Not the same. So, Jerry, other Jerry, thank you for calling in, for listening, and enjoy the Spiders and Sienna. I want to get back as we move along, and we're just about out of time today, the decision that Ed McLaughlin made to hire Ryan Odom. He knew full well it was going to change the style of play. No matter what Jerry Linquist just said, I believe the style is significantly different than it's been. He could have stayed in the family. Look, there's there's Mike Morrell at UNC Asheville. Mike Jones is at UNC Greensboro. He could have stayed in-house. Jamal Brunt is certainly ready for a head coaching stint, who was the associate head coach. Mike Rhodes went to Penn State. J.D. Byers was on that staff. He's probably due a head coaching position. He's now at Virginia Tech. So he could have stayed with somebody in the family who would have kept it pretty much the same, but he elected to hire this guy who's been, you know, everybody has said is a great coach. You know, obviously had the win at UMBC, got him springboarded to Utah State. And comes back east now to be, let's let's be a little paid. Yes, I'm. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. These are tough times for everyone. So dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-939-2525. That's 800-939-2525. 800-939-2525. It's football. 100-462-3333. It doesn't... This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi, breaking news from ESPN's Tom Van Haren and Adam Rittenberg. Michigan has responded to the Big Ten notice of disciplinary action over allegations of sign-stealing and off-campus scouting. Any potential discipline from the Big Ten not expected until tomorrow. Potential penalties most likely would focus on football coach Jim Harbaugh. Any Harbaugh suspension would be brief, believes Paul Feinbaum show host Paul Feinbaum. I think more than anything, the Big Ten wants to send a message, but it also doesn't want to completely disembowel or disrupt the football season. So uh, I I think they they can have it both ways by suspending him for two games. And I think it would have have more bite uh, to get him out of the Penn State game, even though he's, he's already put in the game plan. 
Paul Feinbaum on Carlin versus Joe. The Angels are hiring Braves third base coach Ron Washington is their new manager. He has connections to Angels GM Perry Manassian from his time in Atlanta as well as when he was manager of the Rangers. Bears rookie QB Tyson Bajan starts again in place of the injured Justin Fields tomorrow against the Panthers. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Falcons, what are they doing? Arthur Smith has these draft picks. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. He doesn't seem to want to use any of them. What's going on in Atlanta? Ah! Oh, in really? Iowa wants to know. Definitely Broke down ass giants and Devin excited. Yeah, you're right. not that far behind out of the junkyard. Well, 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 hold on now. We still contending for the division. Hey, now, let me say are, this. Are you really? Let, yes, we are. <laughs> no, one one really. game behind. One game behind. <laughs> Eight sacks came upon his body. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm just movie Freddie Coleman. We're so juvenile, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You'll get a chance in 10 minutes to share part of safe space. It could be sports-related, you-related, whatever-related. You get a chance to speak on it, and no judgment is going to be thrown at you. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Be a part of Safe Space in about 10 minutes. Share whatever's on your mind. Make it a catharsis for you, and we will just get out of the way and let you have at it at 888-729-3776. Real quick, our man Laverne in Chicago. I remember we used to talk to him a lot when I filled in on the morning show earlier this year during the summer. He's one of my favorite people. He has something to say at 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper calling line. Big L, what you got, my friend? Hey, buddy. Uh, on my Ricardo Maldobon uh, except the fine Corinthian leather of the Cordoba. <laughs> <laughs> believe, believe it or not, guys, I've been in the car business 40-plus years. I've sold a few Cordobas and traded for a few. Wow. He's old school. Dear to my heart when it comes to that with the Cordoba. He even had the Ricardo Montalban accent as far as that goes. That was tremendous. See, that's why Laverne in Chicago is one of my favorite, favorite people. Like we mentioned, he shared the safe space by the Cordoba. And being a Cordoba salesman, you can share your safe space on anything you want that comes your way in about 10 minutes at 888-729-3776. We're calling, we called last weekend in the NFL Statement Sunday. And a lot of teams made statements, good and bad, depending on where they are, where they want it to be. This week in the NFL, Harry, I think it's a little put-up or shut-up weekend. And we've really circled four particular games when it comes to the Browns versus the Ravens, Texans versus the Bengals, 49ers of the Jaguars, and Lions versus the Chargers. So I'll start with you before mm-hmm. I chime in. We'll start with the Browns versus the Ravens. In a put-up or shut-up game part of that weekend, who needs to put up or shut-up in that game? Cleveland Browns. Easy there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say the Baltimore Ravens because, not saying they have to constantly put up or shut up, but if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're acknowledged right now, 
that you are the best team in the NFL. A lot of people feel that that is your, that's you right now in the Nashville Bowl. You put up a shut up. You got a division game. You put it on this team the last time you played up in Cleveland. This is a chance that we look at Cleveland and say, you have no chance.